Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Adventures into Reality. I am joined by my infamous co-host, Kathy Ma. As you may sound, my voice is gnarled and muted today. Um, I had an experience. I had a, had a nightmare. I haven't had a nightmare since I was five or six years old. And uh, oftentimes, I, I get up early in the morning between 6.30 and 7.30, and um, I do my morning rituals before I go and I do my, my, my on-air stuff. And I connect to the present, the past, and... Uh, cleared out and did my, my usual stuff and oftentimes that leads into a meditation where I fall asleep and then wake up before the show and this time that I fell asleep I I had a very intense nightmare and it lasted for a good 45 minutes of this human fraud time and just before the show I was talking to Kathy about this and I would like to share some of these conversations with you because I believe that this is very, very relevant to every person that is out there right now. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you very much for going, well, what you're about to do and share your thoughts with us and what your experiences were. Um, it can't be easy. I know that. And I think you're right. It is very relevant that you would have this nightmare today of all days when we're about to do the show. And again, I haven't had something like this since I was maybe five or six years old. Okay? Um, so the the nature of the dream is I was traveling with someone, a person that I've known since I was you know a teenager, just a, a, a friend of mine, one that I grew apart from uh, many years ago. And um, for some reason, we were going somewhere, and we was like going to go to like a four day you know fair or something to that effect, and. Uh, when we were going on a train to get to the airport, um, we were talking and then we got separated on the train and I went to the place where the airport we were supposed to meet and he never came and I began frantically searching for him. And um, one of the, the things that popped up is that the gentleman had a, his bed strapped to his back and then this intense set of desperation that I had to find him and, and I activated my I am presence and my skill within this dream and all of a sudden the dream went into a nightmare mode. And in that nightmare mode there was this desperation to find this individual person because he was about to do something unpleasant. You know, and in my own expression this is a person going into the stairways of despair at the highest levels and I asked myself you know when I because I woke up out of this and if I hadn't gone to that wake up I would have been stuck in that paralyzing fear of desperation at that point when when this happens um, do you actually think that there's also a physical element to it there was a physical element to it because, again, I haven't dreamed about this person in, in, in a long time, um, let alone, you know, having spoken to them. Mm. Um, so there was, there was something there, yes. Mm. It must have been quite terrifying and the sense of helplessness must have been overwhelming. It was. It was. It was so overwhelming that I needed to come back into this world to to understand that that was absolutely a fraud world. Mm. Yes, well, certainly it, it's a extremely disturbing experience. I mean, on top of everything, just to, to even 
experience that sense of helplessness and to know that that I guess that not the conscious mind but the the, the awake mind inside you knowing that you can't do anything about it that is quite paralyzing in itself. Mmm. What? Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean, they so, feel it. Ooh. Yeah, this 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 begs the question: Is this artificial, or was this something I created? And since this is literally. 40 minutes old in me, that is how how new this is, I am still at that discernment stage. Mm. And me sharing this discerning process is, I guess, my way of helping the audience understand when you are in desperation, you need tools to get yourself out of it. Mm. How do you get yourself out of desperation, Kathy? Mm. Well, you know, I, I guess I used a couple of different tools. Admittedly, I, I don't often, you know, I really can't recall the type of helplessness you feel except when I Maybe watched after your my car father. Accident? After yeah, your car accident? I think more watching my father um, get, getting weaker and that helplessness that you know you can't do anything. Inevitability. Uh, yeah. Um, but certainly the fear is paralyzing and the only thing for me that that I could do to bring myself out of that sort of hopelessness feeling was of course you know practice every day more vigilantly with the grounding to just get myself back in my body so that I'm acutely aware that this is happening as opposed to being very comfortable and jumping out of your body so you don't have to feel that uh, so it's easier to ignore in a sense to have that full experience is even harder but then for me, I just almost, it was like writing a list in my head of all the things that are positive, all the things that make me happy, all the things that I know are good and real and golden in a sense um, that are around me, are within me, uh, within my family and friends around me. And having that power to recall it and feel it from memory helped me push, not push, but I suppose dissipate the helplessness more because you have to accept that you can't help everything, you can't fix everything, you can't make changes um, on a, you know, you don't have a magic wand and you can make it go away. But what you can do is remember who you are, remember that there are good things out there and hold on to that because time and time again, we will come across that feeling and what keeps us going is the good stuff, the good stuff in life, the good stuff within us and people around us. It it may even be someone that you've only just met, but being able to recognize it and appreciate it and embrace it um, sounds easy, but actually it's not so easy. Right. And as you, as you were, as you were speaking those, those really special words, um, there was another part. I remembered now that, um, Technology wouldn't work for me. No, no piece of technology would function in, mm-hmm. the, in this in this dream world. Mm-hmm. Phones, computers, nothing worked. So you're really all on your own. Yeah, that that was, and, and I'm and I'm seeing all of these painted, and I say painted layers because it's coming to me now as I'm using my self reflection. 
mm. being able to talk about it live on a show because I know I'm 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 protected, mm. and I know that whatever that lesson was, whether it's a signature frequency teaching for me, the individual, or for me, the individual, to teach a signature frequency to everyone else at this individual moment. Mm. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. The I dog's telling to... something. He's, he's yeah. a part of this interactive conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yes. I would say that if there's any heebie-jeebies there, she's chasing them away for you. That's right. <laughs> Now, I could easily have gone and, and, and made this worse in my own mind after I woke up. Mm. And that's the insidiousness, insidiousness of some nightmares or some dreams, mm. how they subtly influence you. Yes, that's true. They just seep on in. Okay. I was talking about those painted layers. Now, there are fine times where it is you, your own individual being, creating something for yourself to see. And then there are other times it's an external source. And this is my discerning process right now. Mm. We all know there are people out there that can put themselves in other people's dreams. It just happens. We've all had dreams of other people in them. Mm. Okay? Am I any more unique than anyone else? I just remember more of my dreams. That's, mm. that's the main difference. When I talk about being in a group of people and having dreams with hundreds of people simultaneously, that does happen every night. This was specific and individualized and tailored for me. Whether it was created me or by some external source doesn't matter. Mm. I have to see it as, as, as part of the universal evolution here. That's why I'm choosing to share this discerning process. So as I saw a painted layer where technology wouldn't work, I realized that it didn't want me to interact with the technology. And that is where I woke up in the dream. And as I woke up in the dream, my eyes opened up. And guess what was next to the couch that I was laying on? What? My computer. <laughs> technology. Technology. Mm. Is that me interacting with the technology in the dream and just having something going on? Or was that more? This is my discerning process. Mm. Because I couldn't find that person with my skill in the dream. Okay? Mm. I couldn't find them with the technology. And the second I forced the skill on and woke up the body and got it out of sleep paralysis, because that is a part of sleep chemistry. When you are dreaming, you activate sleep paralysis. Mm. That's where I realized I was struggling against my own sleep paralysis for nearly 40 minutes. When you look back at that now, I mean, when you, you're talking about it, do you see it from like you were outside viewing yourself or is it more just you were in there and you could uh, what's the note that you have the sleep paralysis? because you're looking through your eyes and seeing. Okay, this is, this is very good. In the dream, I was there. And when I forced the skill active and all of the information went into super overdrive, I woke up and overrode the sleep paralysis. So my human eyes, the physical eyes, woke up in the dream world and the dream world instantly fell apart and I realized it was a dream. 
but I was still battling the chemical side effects of sleep paralysis. My body was sluggish. My voice wasn't working. My, my hands were, didn't move, even though they felt like they were shaking because mm-hmm. I was forcing consciousness through the synaptic pathways. Mm. Wow. In many ways, that's an amazing experience, yet not good to have it. Well, again, like I said, I haven't had that since I was like five or six years old. Mm. So it, it makes me the next level of question, you know, the next layer of discernment. If I haven't mm. had this since I was five or six years old, what is the cycle? Is it an external cycle reminding me of a new lesson? Is it an internal cycle saying something from when I was five? Mm. This is the hard work that one has to do when they have dreams. The true compare, juxtaposing the the, the sides and the perspectives, but not getting caught up into one singular way. Mm, Being able to step back and look at it in all angles and then contemplate. Correct. Mm. You know, there was that moment where in my search process and going through the discernment, immediately I wanted to attach to an external force because it would have made it easier. Mm. No, yeah, definitely. Is that Mm. still on the radar right now of my discernment? Yes, it is. But before the show started, if that was part part of the process, I did my best to close that expression. Mm. Because it's all about preparation and understanding that you can do stuff as preventative maintenance and not fall into polarity. Mm. Which is very important, uh, which is truly highlighted in this instance, isn't it? Right. Like, even to this moment, my body still hasn't fully woken up. Still, mm. the, the, the effects of sleep paralysis are on it. Mm. Have you ever woken up in a dream and just couldn't move? I think so. Um, because it's almost like I had a dream of that dream, like, uh, and usually when that happens to me, it's, I'm always falling, you know, mm-hmm. somehow I've, you know, fallen off a waterfall, I don't know, some bizarre things, but it's the sense of falling and trying to grab onto something, but not like falling off a building falling mm-hmm. and knowing that you can't and then not being able to move. And then I think I've woken up, but really I haven't, because I'm still dreaming that I woke up. It's very, very bizarre and, yeah. and somewhat frightening. See, there are times that I wake up in the dream and just let the dream play out while I'm a part of it. And I'm not watching it go on or I'm actively a part of it. Mm. In this individual instance, the second I brought full consciousness into it, it shattered into, into a hologram. And I realized that it was a false hologram. Whether I created it or not is still yet to be determined. Mm. At least you have that realization. Yeah. You know. I had that realization. And what I would like to do today is to, to dedicate this show to people's dreams. And I know there are a lot of people that have been waiting to call and have in readings, but this is one of those moments where I'm going to be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Because if it was an external source... We're going to turn it around today. If it was an internal source, it'll come through the synchronicities of what people call in, of what people can get over, have wanting to have a reading, but uh, uh, looking at this subject, just your dreams, 
and the synchronicities of the way out, we got hundreds and hundreds of people calling at the first moment to the moment of now. So, Laura, when you get an opportunity, let's bring in the first caller. This is going to be amazing to, just to hear what everyone has to say and their experiences. The first caller, you're, you're coming in on Skype here. They're ringing in, ring-a-ding, ringy, ring-a-ding, dingy. <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> uh, Ooh, looks like the they're still trying. But it, it certainly is. The, the synchronicity, the timing of this is just well beyond weird. Yeah, well beyond weird. Caller, are you there? Oh, uh, they're on mute. They might be on mute. Caller via Skype, are you there? Hello? Hello, your name and where you're calling from? Yeah, it's Nathan calling from Canada. Hi, Nathan. I mean, okay, we're back. Hello. We're back. Nathan, can you hear us? Yeah, hi. Sorry about that. Yeah, things just all, right. all fell apart. I'm sorry about that, guys. It's, a, it's all right. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's, it's the, the density of the, of the subject. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's the density of the subject, Laura. And Laura, you too also had a nightmare early this morning too, huh? Yes, I did. It, it's, it's, it's its own unique synchronicity. So, caller, what is your name? Nathan, you said? Yeah, it's Nathan. So, were you able to listen to the show earlier? Yeah, I was uh, I was listening to you um, talk. Happened with uh, your sleep paralysis and, and what happened uh, just before the show. And I hope it wasn't uh, some sort of an attack on you. Um, you know what I mean? Like you're you're such an important person, and so many people. Uh, look up to you and appreciate you and uh, hearing something like this happen and hearing the, the concern in your voice is, is concerning I'm sure to a lot of people out there. But I, I chose to share, to share this for a reason in the discerning process that I'm going through so that I didn't fall into polarity because I easily could have fallen into polarity. Mm. Okay? That's cool. how easy, that's how, that's how slippery the slope of polarity is. I could have given it one ounce of extra thought and all of that consciousness I was forcing into my synaptic processes would have gone and created something that was not real. Interesting. That would have been my placebo belief. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you, uh, you being able to uh, take this show for um, opening up and talking about uh, this topic because I'm sure there are many people that do have dreams that, you know, they're not really sure what they mean. And uh, this is a great opportunity for people to really get into touch with uh, the dream side of things. Yeah. So what kind of questions do you want to ask, Nathan? Um, I'm sorry, it's not necessarily um, about the dream. And, but do you mind if I ask a, a, a different type of question? Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, well, I've been doing a lot of research in regards to um, our history uh, in regards to the, the, the human history and uh, in regards to law. And it's been recently coming up to my attention that um, in order to have standing in law, you need to be having a nationality. And I've learned a lot, like I've been recently learning a lot in regards to the American Constitution, how um, a group called the Moors and the European Sons 
were the ones that established the Constitution. And I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of insight, possibly, into the history of the Moors uh, of, of uh, El Morocco or uh, North America, Central America and South America, and how that ties into the, the creating of the Constitution? All right. Um, just ironically, in 2014, I did a series of shows called Adventures into Sovereignty with Rebecca Cope. And that was all about American history, um, and it was the, the, the what's recorded in human history. Our United States Constitution is the Spendthrift Trust. That's the first thing to understand. And you have the Trading with the Enemy Act and, the, and a whole bunch of other particular laws that were passed to, to remove our rights as citizens. And these were done by esoteric organizations such as the Moors. Um, the Moors are very much ingrained into many different esoteric orders, and those esoteric orders were purpose was to run local governments, to run post offices that were ultimately run by the church, which was another esoteric organization, each having an individual practice of light magic, dark magic, and neutrality magic based on whatever local rules were being passed, because back then every city had a sister city. And the sister city is what the other esoteric groups on the other side were doing to link them via sacred geometry until such cities were built on sacred geometry lines that it made the magical exchange process between areas much stronger until it reached a point where World War I, the system was able to bring people in mass through those esoteric um, sacred geometry building systems and then put them into a reincarnation system that was their life guided, directed, valued for its entire process until you have what you are now. You are a baby that is born and you get out of the womb, you get a slap on the ass, 22 injections, you're not put on your mother's heart, your foot is stamped with ink. All right, that is our music and we, when we return, we'll finish this conversation. Great. And welcome back everyone. Nathan, are you there? Speaking. So what, what did you think of what I said so far? I just want to make sure you're processing it all. Yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting, too, because um, a lot of people don't understand when they, they think of our, our recent history or our past history, um, because of what's been left out, people tend to miss the connections. And mm -hmm. for me, I've just been recently learning um, in regards with the, the Moors or El Morocco being a part of uh, North America, in, in regards how um, uh, most, most indigenous people or the people that are considered uh, natives are also a product of um, like the ancient Moors and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was so, learning that um, all derivatives of human beings came from that lineage. Is that correct? No. No. Um, of the 900,000 lineages that are out there now, maybe a third came from that Moor line. But that was because there was a, a series of plagues that were installed into Earth between 400 A.D. and 990 A.D. And those plagues were targeting specific genetic lineages. Interesting. So, at one point, okay. there were well over 5 million lineages here. Wow. That's the level okay. of reduction of choice that we've had. Let me let you in on a little little side that's not reported into history. When mm -hmm. um, Columbus made his journey here, there were a set of esoteric organizations that knew what he was going to find. And they sent with them a number of priests that were practitioners of the dark arts who performed 
individual rituals so that when he landed in his original his final place and put down the flag all of the ghosts that were pent up in the christian church or that expression of the royal family there would then be basically linked where he put his flag down wow yeah and that is what began the spiritual invasion of turtle island oh my goodness wow that's what brought all the timeline genocides of europe and those lineages to Turtle Island. Wow. That's interesting. And all of the esoteric organizations that were the founding, you know, things that made government, post offices, banks, churches, city centers, were all ritualized by the various esoteric organizations with good and bad energy so that there would be a connected network where out of ley lines where humanity would override the natural flow of energy of Earth. A saddle. With rain. Right. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, with the indigenous cultures, um, I understand the, they refer to um, our creator or the, the source as the great spirit. Um, does that have anything to do with Allah or is there, because a lot of uh, Muslims believe that Allah is the, the highest um, for the, the creation or the being that of creation. Um, I was just wondering what's your opinion because there's so much um, confusion in regards to um, okay. our creation because there's so much manipulation. Can you just speak on uh, Allah? Sure. Or so yes. when it comes to the Native American expression, and this is just from what I've learned in my own expressions, um, there is what's known as great mystery. And the great mystery is the, the infinite universe, the source, the original source. And inside great mystery is great spirit. Great mm-hmm. spirit and great mystery are one and the same. The great mystery is the we are as unity consciousness. And the great spirit is the I am, the technology of the we are, that is making source aware of all of its different parts. That is why many of the, uh, the native origins <clears throat> talk about the connections and relations to all that is. <clears throat> so the relations that all that is, that is an easy mental jump into quantum entanglement. Mm-hmm. And the way quantum entanglement works is observing. So if the great mystery can observe itself through its own source technology, then we also can use that same source technology have relations with individual selves, individual frequencies of time streams, and then can create pods of people in the same source belief that can grow in areas such as Turtle Island, such as the Aleutian Islands, or or Lemuria, or Atlantis, where these things can sprout throughout time, just like seeds that grow instantly after in a desert that hasn't had rain in a thousand years. Wow. It's intense. Yeah. Um, so would you, so is that, is that, um, is, uh, is Allah, is that tied in with the concept of the great spirit then uh, in, in a form of understanding or is that a misrepresentation? It's a misrepresentation, but it's not a bad one. You mm-hmm. see, everything has its ability to be created by source connectedness doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the source is or your belief right. in the source. When your source connected, it activates the law of placebo. And what does the law of placebo do? Makes it real. Yeah. That's why everyone's perspective in this time is technically right. 
That means wow. there's this freight train of everyone's belief system that's going to crash where we all mm-hmm. realize our individual belief system is what limited us to have the unlimited vision, which is the great mystery. Wow. And you can never solve the great mystery. And in all the indigenous cultures that use that expression, they always will say, you will never solve great mystery. It's the fool's errand. Mm. It's when Help. you work it's- with great, myst- great spirit, the technology of the mystery of how synchronicities work. Wow. (laughs) That's like, uh, you just kind of like the light bulb on my head, like, ding. (laughs) And and ironically, you're helping me resolve what went on within my dream. There is this synchronicity to why you call. There is no randomness to this. I've known this since I decided to go and do radio that it was going to be a ride. A ride of synchronicities, and it, it was a matter of I'm going to pay attention. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, brother, I've got to move on to the next caller. Okay, can I just ask one more question? Actually, we got to move on, guys. Sorry, if you don't mind. If you can, it's okay. I'll call in. Yeah, okay, no yeah, problem. No problem. Go. Okay, thanks. Right. Kathy, we've uh, there's that first synchronicity. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we from- ask, and it is given. You, you, from your observation of, of, of his questions and my responses and knowing the situation, what is it that, that it is you see? I see that, you know, the, to me it's just highlighted that the picture is very big. It can never be as simple as one little thing, one little incident, and it just reminds you that what you experience is also part of a huge picture that, you're just it's like a, a pebble in the ocean That's right. uh, it ripples out to everywhere but at the same time it is an individual unique thing but doesn't define everything that goes on it just not complements but it integrates with everything yes so we're going to move on to the next caller 760 are you there hello Andrew hey your name and where you're calling from Hi, my name is Edgar Pius. I call, I'm calling from San Diego. Um, I called in for the first time about three months ago. Mm-hmm. And were you, um, were you able to listen to the earlier part of the show? Yes, definitely. And a dream was actually what I wanted to ask you about. So I love synchronicities. Okay, so what is your question about the dream? All right, so about um, this full moon, I had a ceremony where... Um, I had the ringing on the lower right part of my ear um, that you've talked about in a previous recording. And um, I believe I've been uh, contacted by the consciousness of Neptune. So I don't know if you can give me a little bit of guidance with that. But the dream was about two or three days ago. I woke up within my dream to hear an intimidating voice, mm, maybe pushing my spirit down or just... Hello. Um, Go, go ahead. Okay, sorry. So then um, within the dream, I woke up and I started calling upon my angels uh, to protect me. And I felt a pulse of uh, magnetism just bounce around in my head for a couple of minutes. I actually woke up and I thought I was going to have a stroke, but I didn't. I was fine. So I was wondering if that was a psychic attack or what was your insight on that? Your consciousness stream came inside when you called upon your your angelic beings and you triggered 
all of your suspended prayers of self-protection and sacredness within you. Um, similar to what I went through in my experience that I've just described. Because um, you woke up and you were able to overcome the sleep paralysis right away. Um, as for that individual dream, what was the voice trying to say? Um, I don't recall. I recall the emotion of being intimidated and pushed what, down. All right, so what that is, is that's actually something that was a feeding entity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the pushing down because there, there was, there was, you weren't in the actual dream itself. You were, you were, it was trying to catch you on the cusp of you wake, intentionally waking up in the dream. Right on. Okay. okay. Now, there are good entities that do that because they're, they're struggling to survive and you may have agreements with them. Mm-hmm. You may have been in an agreement willing to assist another light being going and doing battle somewhere else. And you might have sent light bodies to it. And it might have been in a harsh scenario where it had to draw a little bit more on the energy stream to make sure that it lived. And you were willing to do that. Now, what made you link, believe you have this connection to Neptune? Um, a few days before the full moon ceremony where I felt the connection, I saw a vision of the Neptunian symbol uh, be drawn on my crown chakra with uh, fluorescent purple lighting, which is the lighting I see in visions when um, it's a message or something from the other world. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think I also received an energetic pulse touch on my thumb, and I asked if it was Poseidon or Neptune, and the pulse uh, reacted, which is why I thought it was him, but... So you're doing a form of muscle testing? Um, I don't know. Uh, it, on my right big toe, um, I get a pulse. It's the second time this happened. The first time was in January. The second time was about two weeks ago. I'll get an energetic pulse, sort of like a Reiki um, pulse, and I'll ask. The first time I asked if it was Zeus, and then the pulse started pulsating faster. And two weeks ago, I asked if it was Poseidon, and the pulse started pulsating as well, sort of like an answer to my question. So okay. what is your insight? Well, the pulse in the toe, well, where you're saying it's on the right side of the big toe, so it's facing the pointer toe? Yeah. All right, so right there is actual an acupuncture prop, that spot that goes directly to your left brain and right brain, as well as your cerebrum. So okay. that's the, the first acknowledgement, meaning that there is some form of energetic channel that is responding to that. Um, I think that would beg to have individual Reiki treatments put into that spot of the toe um, and then to visualize, you know, each of the the, the different symbols that you're doing following a line up the leg um, from both things to connect into the tailbone, to go into the spinal column and then go into the brain and connect those two with your own healing visualization to understand that this is a Morse code that you may not have the full code to. You may have unpacked the first layer and there could be thousands of more gigabits of information if you were to just know the next layer of decompression code, which is the manifestation of what it takes to track the synaptic patterns of why this is indicating to your knowingness that that's occurring. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I just cut off a second. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So I want to I want to bring Kathy in here for a second for for her perspective. It's a, a really really interesting dream. 
<laughs> to be honest. Did you say you had it a few days ago? Yep, I know. I'm still a little... I was still a little... Ooh. Did you just lose him? <laughs> the long arm of the dream goes everywhere. <laughs> the long arm of the dream goes everywhere. You will not talk about it. <laughs> the energies are really building up, too. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, when I, I was sort of looking at his energy while he was talking and then you know i think he said it was he had the dream a few days ago yeah because to me it's almost like there's some part of him that has a mm, it's not an awakening but it's almost like you know you've lost something and you found it like when you you lose it you know your spare car keys and you put them in the drawer and you search your whole house and then you finally find it three weeks later just at at the front of one drawer it's yes. kind of like that, you know. <laughs> um, and you, you spend the rest of the week thinking about how could you have missed it? You just, it was right there, or did someone move it? <laughs> yeah, who moved it, and you're the only one in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, it, it was a lot like that. It's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of information that, he as being within himself does know and has experienced or has contemplated but it's just being pushed to the back and now the discovery of it or rediscovery of it is just like ooh, and to to see it and wonder how you got from a to b is that is you know i guess in a sense it's the journey it's you have to be able to release and let go of how why and just accept, face it, and move on with your realization. Um, sometimes you you, don't, you never understand how you get from A to B, but in a sense, it doesn't matter. It's what you do when you get to B that matters. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. It's, it's, it's that's that's what matters. Mm. Well, we have our next caller here, Kathy nine oh eight. Your name and where you're calling from? Uh, Ken Weber. From New Jersey. Hi, Ken, from New Jersey. Have you been able to listen to the show earlier? Oh, yes. I heard all about your dreams. What do you think? Um, Was it black and white or color? Color. Okay, then you're dreaming from the heart, right? Yep. That's that's my discerning process. Yeah. You didn't go into super detail on it. So I really don't know exactly what it was, but the person was going to do something very drastic. Yes, they had their bed on their back. Wow. Uh, the, again, I have my my. I don't know that what not, that is. Well, I, well, I, I stairway of despair. That that yeah. individual person went into a stairway of despair. That oh. means they're you know going to do something that probably means un, something unpleasant in the long run for their life. Yeah. Commit suicide, maybe, mm-hmm. or try Again, to do it, or try to yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. So, what what kind of questions did you want to ask today? Well, the big question is that uh, I love your show, Thank and you. uh, <laughs> and I first tuned into your big long session of um, what you did with the other gentleman on the Galactic History. Oh, oh that's that right. was fantastic. Of course, I didn't understand everything, so I had to play it two or three times. <laughs> Finally, I got the wording right, and I, I actually understood it. 
but uh, I had a dream about two years ago, and uh, this was black and white. And I was sleeping on my right side, but I was also sleeping on, say, a log cabin on the porch, on a bench. And all of a sudden into my sight, this bear comes closer. And it was one of those short-faced bears, those ancient ones, you know. And let me tell you, I was totally petrified. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. And all of a sudden I woke up and I, I was trying to scream and I woke up and I was in a sweat. Oh, it was really something else. And uh, I had been reading books on how to do astral travel and stuff like that. So once I did this, I said, okay, that's enough with that travel stuff. <laughs> you know, I got myself into trouble. So I asked when I was at a session with uh, uh, Drupal or McKeezadek's thing, um, and they said, well, it was probably um, one of your sacred animals protecting you because your soul had not gotten back into your body quick enough when you were trying to wake up. And that's why you were still on the paralyzed state. Maybe you could look into it and see if that's oh, yeah, true well, or is there been, something else going on? The second you, you described it as the short-faced bear, I knew right away that it was something was defending you in time. Those are time travel totem beings. Mm -hmm. And I and I'm very familiar with them as well as the 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 black jaguars with the glowing green eyes. They are the stalkers of time. They are the hunters of time crimes. People that do, do commit time crimes. Ooh. Yeah. And something so, was trying to do a time crime on you and it was making sure that you had something to help you. Uh-huh. So is that is that like a spirit, um, an animal spirit there that's trying to protect me? Or was that something that was trying to attack me? It is me? an animal spirit. Let me give you context. So 41 million years ago, there were Lumerians living on the surface of our world experiencing the first expression of, of, of the ghosts of timeline genocide. Those things that had lost their experience but weren't ready to come back into contextual reality. So a layer of life spawned on earth to deal with that and those are those types of totems they're there to function for those that have fallen outside of time so they will track these what are called null portals and go inside null space and begin to pull people from null space back into human space so they can once again incarnate back into time um, some of them can be seen as dragons and some can be seen as lions and bears and jaguars and other things to that effect Mm -hmm. But it's all about understanding the void in which the, the, the being exists in. And after a while, from 41 million years to 9 million years, and then the additional timeline genocides that occurred here, there was a massive population of beings doing exactly that. And then when the timeline genocide wars were at a low phase, there were all of these beings that were time stalkers that needed to be in physical bodies with ancestral beings, otherwise they would never be able to do what they're doing. And therefore they got entwined into timeline wars themselves and found themselves inside the void with other beings doing the same thing, trying to pull these protectors through. Uh -huh. A vicious cycle that was trapping the most powerful of guide beings from being in our world. Well, I also have a shaman do a review on me and do uh, tr travel to the lower world and the upper world and so on. And he said, well, you have a, so 
like it's like a butterfly. A monarch butterfly is mine, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in a native tribe around the 15, 1600s, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was a uh, one of the elders there, mm-hmm. but passed away, I guess, when around that time. They had a little war or something like that, and I was <laughs> taken care of, <laughs> if you will. But what is my, you know, lineage? Do you do you have any idea what that is? Because somebody yes. about two weeks ago said to me, he says, unbelievable. He's we, we were like in a triangle, and I was in the center. He says, I saw you as your knee was up about six feet tall. Mm-hmm. He says, you're a giant. And I says, nah, come on. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so maybe you could uh, put some insight into that. Let me give context first. Okay. When we t- when I talked about the bear with the the face, I mean, is it was a timeline? Something was yeah. trying to protect you from a time crime. Uh-huh. It means you're a time traveler. It means you've been involved into it a long, long time. And when the person was describing you as the big giant person. It's a part of you that's a soul shard when you were still a giant being, not mm-hmm. ready to be into this DNA skin suit that wouldn't have specific skills that your soul really loved to do to use during seven-color time. Okay. And it's a longing for your soul, not wanting to let go of that potential. Mm-hmm. So you've recreated in this human frequency but haven't integrated the soul shard this lifetime of you as a giant being a giant being who interacted with Atlantis and Lemuria and could live 30 to 50,000 years. Is that good? You could have several thousand offspring during that time, too. Wow. And it wasn't so all was about it, war. Yeah, it was more of a higher, higher level. It was, it was the act of transformation, swords to plowshares, getting rid of the weapons of war, demilitarizing the surface of our world, to show that we were a peace-loving species to the rest of the universe that didn't look at us as the good guys. Right. Okay? And then to create a defense force that wasn't seen as offense, Uh that wouldn't trigger other species to come here and murder us in mass. That's good. Very, very interesting. So the the individual soul that is you is ancient Mm -hmm. and is giant. And it's time for you, this micro third density being, to begin to integrate those soul shards and explain to them you are not in competition with them. And any version of yourself that is still in hierarchical competition, you have your sovereign free will to move on to another timeline. This one's mine. I am the I am presence now. You aren't. Right. Declare you separate your density from their density. And allow your one degree of separation to be, to be your true and natural link to the great mystery. So original source incarnate can function through you and assist you in resolving whatever universal expression your soul is here to do. Yeah. Well, it's to help humanity that I know from early on I made that commitment. And that's when connecting I, to source. When I actually did a vigil, mm-hmm. I was about 19 18, 19, somewhere around there. And we actually did a, an outdoor vigil, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there was three of us that actually did that. And uh, we were all separated, of course. But it was a special ceremony type thing. And we, we, I made that commitment, you know. 
Well, our music is to be starting in just a minute. If it if you do hear it okay. start, hold on. But um, okay, um, sure. th- there's there's more here. You're meant you're you're a being that's meant to be connected to source this time. Mm-hmm. You should be having your own radio show or TV show. You should be producing. Oh, interesting. Well, I've I have activated my uh, Merkaba. You know, the light body, the the natural one. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that and actually go into unity consciousness. All right, so hold on there just a second, and we'll be back. We'll, we'll be back right after the music. Wonderful. Thank you. <coughs> Hello. Well, and welcome back. I was, I was muted there. <laughs> oh. Pesky <laughs> mute button. <laughs> All righty. I'm sorry. Where were we? I lost my concentration there. <laughs> I had to go for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Literally, yes. I went for coffee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we were talking, I was talking about my Merkaba that yeah, I actually activated. had deactivated of the natural one, which is All pretty right. good. When so, I was didn't telling even... you about... I was telling you about being connected to source, and when you talked about yes. the Merkaba activation, the Merkaba activation is so more source can come to you. It's not for you traveling everywhere else. Right. Okay. That's that's the first thing to understand. So when you're going to be source function incarnate, source connected, it's it's understanding source has an agenda, and you are a part of that mm-hmm. agenda. And yeah. it's not that you don't have free will. You do at every moment to to work with source or to not work with source. And to try to begin to unravel your expression of what great mystery is. The individual mystery of your life is what's led you to the moment of understanding your source connected and all those individual mystical moments that reminded you your source connected. And that you should be sharing that with others. Yeah, well, I also heard you on another program that you had uh, just recorded that you're going to be teaching about how people can read the Acacia Records. The same way I do. That's correct. On September yeah. 3rd and September 4th this year in Seattle, Washington, I'll be putting an event together that's called Living the Mystical Life Daily. And if people like to go and find out more about it, you can go to andrewbartzis.com. And uh, as soon as you go there, a little blue pop-up window that says Living the Mystical Life Daily. And all you got to do is put in your email, and then you'll get a series of videos that talks all about what the event is and how to, how to go to it if you want to. Uh-huh. Well, that'd be and good. That's specific. Also, I'll be teaching about galactic history, too. And mm-hmm. the, the whole point of galactic history, too, is when people get initiated into reading the Akashic Records, they can see the levels of polarity that are, that are in the records and the skills of sacred neutrality that one needs individually so that they can maintain their ability to read the records. Right. Ultimately, that is what makes me different than everyone else. I chose to mm-hmm. choose sacred neutrality as the actual expression for me in the Akashic Records. Within yeah. that expression, you have access to all layers of the information that you choose to integrate. Yeah, that would be good. I have not been able to read them. Okay. So I think you I would be able to do training. it very easily. Yeah, but I still need to know how. You already do. Okay. Well, I have okay. to remember that. Let's put it that way. No, it's more like, like, you ever use Lego blocks? Sure. It's more like getting back into the, the frame of mind, I'm going to build something, no matter what it looks like. Uh-huh. Okay. And when you can get back into that young mind that's just going to build something, that's just going to create it, mm-hmm. it comes naturally. We, we function with the Akashic Records every day. We are more than, more than the sum of what we've heard, read, or studied. 
And when we function with that, even on the most microest levels, we are still using our multidimensionality, mm-hmm. uh, allowing the stuff that we don't know that we know to be a part of our decision process, that gut yeah. instinct, that gut instinct that is telling you for how many years now to follow a spiritual course. Yeah. To keep well, a moral compass. I worked as an engineer for years, and people said, how come you're so calm? I says, I'm comfortable with doing engineering. And most other people were, oh, you know, this is a chore every day. For me, it was love every day. Because when I needed to know something, I just knew where to get the information and get it and say, oh, yeah, we got to do this. And they'd say, how did you know that? I don't know. you're using the record. Right. I was using it all my life. Mm -hmm. Except for one time I was doing on a big, big cathedral that was at West Point. I says, I need the contact, (laughs) the universal guidance here. I'm missing something. I couldn't get certain information. And finally, I had to climb up these spiral stairs all the way to the roof and then to the bell tower. And I says, aha, now I see where it is. Nowhere in any drawings or anything else did it have this opening to let that air out of the roof. And And I had proved that it was designed properly, exactly the way it's supposed to be except I couldn't find that opening until I climbed that stairway. Mm-hmm. And then I said, ah, thank you. You answered my question. <laughs> and then we went about doing all our business, so we had to do engineering there. See, but it was you, allowed the, you allowed the mystical to be a part of your everyday life. Oh, yeah. You allowed Without even knowing it. it. Yes. It was just there. And that is exactly what living the mystical life daily is going to be about, how yeah. to integrate the Akashic Records, and galactic history into your life so that you can have scales of understanding. Because everything that is happening now is the most microist scale that actually means nothing in the bigger scale or even the medium or, or short scale of who you are. We're going to look I, back I, on these I, times. Okay. Well, my wife always said I have a pericomo type of laid-back type of well, life, you know, that's how I always was, because I knew. If I need an answer, I know where to, it's just going to come. Okay. I want to bring yeah. Kathy in right now to, to add her perspective. Great. You know, when you were talking about your dream originally, um, it, it was just for me, it was very, very clear that it's, it's almost like something out there or something within you, whatever you're more comfortable with, however you think of it, is waking you up. It's almost like saying, you know, it's time to be accountable for what you're doing, for where you're going, where you've been. Stand up and be counted. And I know, you know, the bear itself, yes, I also agree with Andrew, it's like a protective um, image or spiritual totem, whatever you want to call it, um, is just there almost like number one of course to protect you and guide you but it's almost like a comfort to walk you know into the great unknown into that vast expanse with the company hand in hand with a bear i mean if you can do that you can do anything (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) your little buddy poor on hand (laughs) well one day i was at boy scout camp and i was you know i was I was one of the adult leaders, and I was talking with another adult, you know. And what happens? This deer actually walks right between the both of us. Mm. 
We didn't even know it was coming because we were sort of facing the other way, but we were on the trail. It mm. came from the lake. It had a drink of water, and it was going back to where it was supposed to go, and it moved us out of the way because we were on its trail. Mm. It just sort of bumped us aside, and we had to move back one step so it could keep walking. Absolutely amazing. No fear. Move on, move on. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, guys, come on. I'm on the trail. Get out of my way. <laughs> and when, specifically, when deer are doing that, they are radiating a field of energy that is bringing you into unity. That, is, right. that was a synchronicity of unity right there. Yeah. The deer trusted you enough to be that close. Right, because I didn't have any fear in my heart. Right. If I, w if I would have thought, I don't have to actually have a bow. If I would have thought I want to kill this, it would it would definitely disappear. It would move out of the way so fast, you know. Mm. You just have to think it. You don't even have to do it. Mm. They're very intuitive. I mean, your affinity with animals is quite amazing, you know. Um, yeah. I, I would say that that is not a, a usual thing for people, um, but. You know, you, you've got just such a wonderful energy about you. Uh, it's hard not to be attracted to it, you know. Um, and that warmth radiates around well, you. I mean, truly in, in your life, you must have noticed that people gravitate towards you, animals gravitate towards you. They do now, but when I was really young, really young, I used to have these horrible nightmares all the time about wolves. A timber wolf. Didn't want anything to do with them. If my mom was reading me a book with the timber wolves in it, forget mm -hmm. it. Forget. I, I turned away. I didn't want to hear that. I even walked mm -hmm. out of the room. <coughs> so at one point in time, something must have happened with the timber wolf and me. I don't know. I have no clue. But Is it I, that you it was, were fearful of it or it just... It was a nightmare. Nightmare. Mm -hmm. A real nightmares. But then that, that finally stopped. Mm, mm. But I have a cat and a dog, and they're most wonderful animals they are. Mm. Well, Especially I mean, the cat. She's, yeah. yeah she's <laughs> warmed up Loves to me you. really quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she you lets know, me know what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Animals are extremely, extremely perceptive and very psychic, and they really know people. You know, they know situations and know people. And their natural attraction to you is because of that warm, wonderful energy. I mean, you have the healing kind of energy. You know, if you wanted to turn your hand at healing, you would be excellent at that as well. Well, Saturday, this past Saturday, I just took uh, the Renke 1 class mm. with, with, with the same person who taught me the Druvalo Mekizadek, which was... Mm -hmm. uh, Ron uh, did a great job at it, him and his family, you know. Mm -hmm. But it was myself and an, another person who did it. His name is, uh, the one who was teaching the class was Ron Sergi. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's in Philadelphia. And, oh, he's done so many people over the last 20 years. He's been working with this stuff. And he can see the energy. He can see your chakras. And he can see if it's spinning correctly mm -hmm. out of both sides. And when he was doing the Reiki with me, he went behind me. I didn't know he was really doing anything. I says, as soon as he did something, before he put his hands on my shoulders, you know, mm. I said to myself, oh, I feel that energy. What's he doing? Mm. When you actually give the information, you know, mm -hmm. silently. And I said, what are you doing? 
to myself. So <laughs> after he was done with this, I said, what did you do behind me? Because I felt exactly what you were doing. Mm. You know, and I told him what he was doing. He says, well, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes were closed, you know? <laughs> so I couldn't see whatsoever. Mm. 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 So he says, yeah, you, you definitely have the gift for doing this, you know? Mm. What did and you this- think of the... Sorry, go on. Pardon? What did you think of the Reiki one after you've... It was beautiful, it? beautiful, because we actually did it on a, on a person. Uh, the first one is supposed to be to do healing for yourself. But he went a little further and taught us, like, part two, part, mm-hmm. part of it, you know, when you actually do it with another person. We actually did it with the other person, and then they did it with me. Very powerful, very powerful energy. Um, I could feel it, you know. Mm. It, it is amazing when the first time you're attuned to it because just yeah. the force of it is like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know I had so many blockages. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And, of course, we, every day I clear my chakras anyway. There's a, a thing we do with the, the fingers, you know, mm. the modalities and stuff, and we do that. And Drew mm-hmm. Below has has taught that. If you go further, like three or four more steps on that, you can actually ge- generate the mechanical uh, Merkaba. But we never go all the way because I already have mine out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody prove it with the um, what like, uh, uh, the dowsing rods. Mm-hmm. I went to this place that had, had a lot of crystals up in uh, the Adirondacks. So I said to the woman, go about 30 feet away from me and check my energy. And she looked at me like cross-eyed, you know, like, and she knew a lot about this stuff. She says, huh? I said, yeah, I, I, I put out a certain amount of energy, just, just walk toward me. So she starts to walk toward me, and whoo, they just, you know, looked mm. at each other, those two things just went right away. And she says, wow, that's interesting. She said, let me do it again just to see if it was right. And she did it. Bam. They closed again, you know. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, you got some pretty strong energy there. And I says, thank you very much. <laughs> and then I says, okay, you're not allowed to be detected anymore, Merkaba. <laughs> I had to actually turn it on. I said, you're now able to be detected, you know, uh, because it's like a crystal. You can actually program it. That's correct. So does, yeah. If you'd like to have another way that your mechanical side of you, the engineer side of you, can entangle with the spirit, what you can do is rig a very simple pulley system that has a, a small piece of copper, a small piece of silver, and a small piece of gold. And you stack that together, you create the, the alchemical circuit of unity. And then you put a little tiny crystal on top of the piece of gold that's on the copper and the silver, and you have that pulley, and you raise it and lower it as you try to raise and lower your Merkaba, and you'll actually learn a more advanced way of auric expansion. Okay, now... Which is on the bottom, the copper? Copper. And then it's, what's Silver. that? Uh, silver. And then gold on a little crystal. Any specific type of crystal? Clear quartz with a one point. Okay. If you can get a, du- du- a double terminated, even better. I have a double terminated here. Well, one that actually has a T on it. Mm-hmm. It's actually so perfectly you can use at a- 90 degrees coming off of it. 
So you can use a, a copper coin, a silver coin, and a gold coin. That's what I use. And uh-huh. it's a way to train your crown chakra to take different shapes, different size, to bring more energy in. And if you use the pulley system right, you can make your crown chakra feel it's 30 feet tall if you have a tall enough building and practice enough with it. And oh. that's one of the ways to enhance the golden tube of protection so you can have some of the most advanced communication with the most distant beings in other universes. Neat. It's how I connected to the Akashic Record of Planets in Another Universe. Uh-huh. Made a conscious act of choice to reshape the Merkabra into more like a, an obelisk with another mm-hmm. obelisk coming down out of the crown chakra. And the, where the two points come together is where um, the two Akashic Records from the Septal Celestial Worlds come together. And that's where I create my Merkabra of Exchange. Mm-hmm. And that's how all the other Akashic Records and a visual expression connect. Yeah, you have to change your shape of your Merkaba in order to do that. Because we're looking at it through one lens. Correct. You, you could be looking at it at 10,000 lens. You could, it could yeah. be 10,000 lenses at once. As long as you choose ones that are not bad. <laughs> you know? Because mm-hmm. you, you can actually get into Merkabas that cause a lot of problems. You know, Correct, problems. because they open yeah. portals that are based in your DNA lineage memories that bring out resolution of karma, even if yeah. this being now has no contract with that karma. Yeah. It's the dirty energy underworld. It's a fundamental dirty energy that we work in. Mm-hmm. But everybody's constantly putting their garbage onto everyone else because of the way the lineages are um, entwined. Mm-hmm. So did well, I have brother, anything... To do we with, got, we, you know, Lemuria move. or those things, you know? Actually, we've got to move on to the next caller. Sure. All right. So it's well, been enjoy really your fun. day. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye now. Yep. Kathy, we've had, we've had our unique set of callers already. And, you know, you know, you know it started with the dream, and, and, and now look where we're at. I know. Chalk and cheese from one. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I mean, so many interesting things to talk about and things that we haven't always delved into. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The variety comes today. So we're going to move on to our next caller, 760, your name and where you're calling from. Um, Hey, guys, it's Edgar. My call was dropped earlier and I was allowed to call back in. Okay, Edgar, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, Thank you very much for taking the calls and... um, I believe we left off after you told me I may have been receiving a Morse code, and then Kathy was going to give me her perception. Correct, Morse code, and then it and it and it popped off. <laughs> so you may not be understanding the higher layer of code. You're only understanding the base impulse. And for you to have a better layer of base impulse that's coming through your toe, you'll have to track the energy synaptic pattern from the toe to the brain and the brain to the toe. So you're going to have to visualize the the actual nerve that goes from your brain to your toe because right there where your toe exists is where the, 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 the major acupuncture and acupressure point direct for the brain is. So when you're having a distal beat... That means your brain frequency is being activated by a distal portion of your body, which may be activating energy. It may be, it could be an external entity using that to try to make the brain think it's creating something. There's all sorts of scenarios that can go on. This is why you have to have that discerning process. Why is it the toe? And you've only had it twice before. You said once in January and then once just before you called the show. You did the dream was a couple days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So it is something that is trying to communicate whether it's one of your own selves manipulating a part of the body so that you activate a part of your brain so more awareness comes to you, or it's something external, maybe a being, good or bad, doesn't matter at this point, because it's still trying to lead you into an avenue of awareness. Okay? Okay. And you also said you had the feeling of being pushed down? Um, in the dream. Yes. When I was dream. in the dream. Yeah, the voice was pushing me down and almost suffocating me. <laughs> okay, so that, that, that has two, two frames of perspective there. One, that it was trying to get your brain to actually go into your heart and have your heart and brain merge because there, there's some form of issue there. And two, it was actually trying to push you out of your brain and to take over synaptic function, which might have been connected to the toe. Okay. So have you taken any healing modalities? Have you learned any? Um, I've done an online tutorial for all three Reiki levels, and I've always been attuned to Reiki, but I've never had a master uh, teach me in particular. And that's something I wanted to ask you, because after the dream, my Reiki has been more powerful, and I've made two people cry by giving them one minute of Reiki in their heart. And so I wanted to a little bit of guidance and how to work with that and what you thought about that. Because you've been activated. Okay. And I want to bring Kathy in here for to fi finish her line of, of, of activation because you were activated. Now, where you go with that activation is also going to be how disciplined of a healer you want to be. Okay. I want to be the best I can. That's why I'm here. So that's why, Kathy, that's why Kathy is going to give you a set of guidelines into, into healing. <laughs> Edgar, can I ask you when you said um, you were giving people Reiki and they were they cried? Um, what, was that like? A, how can I put it? Could you get a sense of what that was for them? I mean, apart from the physical part of the crying, but the the emotional thing that was attached to it. Um, the first person was actually a stranger and I felt like they were just in someone was just trying uh, some spiritual entities were after that person that person okay. tried and oh, the music's the coming on left, yeah okay, you just wait. hold on and we'll get back to you after the break perfect thank you thank you Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzitz. And remember, everyone, you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanok at Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at GalacticHistorian.com. And we'll be able to get to, to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. So, Edgar, you were telling us about your perceptions of the woman who was crying when she was receiving Reiki from you. Yeah, correct. So the first person uh, was involved with drug addiction and abuse, and the second person uh, is going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. 
So um, I didn't get an, uh, a feeling of what I was hearing. I just got the intuition that I needed to lay my hands on them in that moment. Mm. Well, you know, with Reiki, that's the way it goes sometimes. You might decide that you know what the issue is and put your hand somewhere, but the energy does go somewhere else that, you know, is suitable for the person. I ask you the question because to me it looks like you have an incredible awakening in your sort of healing side of yourself. And I, when I look at your energy, I would say you should be able to instinctively or intuitively know what's going on for people when you put their hands on them. It'll almost be a little bit freaky. If you haven't quite got there yet, which it seems to be the case in what you describe, be prepared because you will find that when you do put your hands on people, you, you will start to get like images in your head, like snapshots of things that are going on for them. And you, it may not necessarily be that particular person in your imagery, but your mind will show you what it represents. Um, by that, for example, if you have your hands on, um, you know, your neighbor and suddenly the imagery is of um, Charlie Brown and Snoopy doing a scene, it doesn't matter that it's Charlie Brown or Snoopy. It matters what you see and the scene that's being played out. Um, because when you start seeing that, it can be a bit daunting and a bit scary because you think you're a little bit hallucinating. But just embrace it because you will be able to get a really clear picture of what's going on for people. Um, that's And by clear picture, I mean non-invasive clear picture. Um, and that will really assist you in helping them understand what's going on for them. It's a true gift to be able to have this um, ability. So it's something that I advise you or recommend that you really embrace when it happens because you could go anywhere with that skill. Um, and it doesn't have to be just um, Reiki. You can do other disciplines um, or forms of hands-on healing or body work. And you would have the same imagery and the same, mm, let's call it, result in terms of that side of you awakening and the ability to be enhanced. Uh, I think it's really worth you exploring and don't be scared of it. Okay, right on. Yeah, definitely resonate with what you're saying. Um, before I was able to kind of just get a feeling of what the person had um, was thinking or feeling, but now I'm, I get that and I get some kind of insight as to why they have that emotion. And I hadn't really pinned it, but now that you're saying, I do get kind of like foggy um, charges or images that I'm able to decipher into the person's history, but I wasn't really sure if it was really happening or not. But thank you for that. Um, just helped me clarify. Yeah, it, it's a weird one because it's not logical. What you, Sometimes the stuff you see is just not logical because it's, Sometimes that what um, what you see it it seems way out there or unrelated to what you've been told, um, or even contradictory. So it's yeah. difficult to you know uh, believe in yourself and that what you're seeing is right and true. Um, but it certainly is an ability that is blossoming in you. I mean, really, you you should think about this very seriously. I mean, get more practice, get more confidence in what's going on for you. But this is something that you could really do um, like on, as a profession, charge money, 
Um, I know for you, it's, you know, like, oh, I'm healing the world. This is, you know, good for you and mm -hmm. spiritual and I just want to help. And But, yes, that is a great part of you. But at the end of the day, there has to be an energy exchange of some type. So even at the beginning, if you're not comfortable charging money for sessions, then do some sort of trade. Get yourself used to that energy because you can't just keep giving and not getting anything in return beyond the satisfaction of helping someone because that is not the way the cycle of life works. Do you get okay. me? Yeah, totally. I understand. Um I used to want to learn how to heal so I could do it for free, and it wasn't until recently that I learned it was energy exchange, and there had to be an exchange for it to work. So I totally understand, Kathy. Thank you so much for your work. <laughs> for, for the whole system of life and the flow of chi within you and around you, there has to be an exchange. But, you know, if you're going to consider some of it, practice, you know, honing in your skills, it's like, okay, you can let that slide. But it's also an acknowledgement of yourself and who you are and your self-worth, self-esteem, because time is money, you know. And sometimes you feel kind of brutal putting that edge on it, but the reality is time is money. There's only 24 hours to a day. You have to eat. You have to sleep. You have to have relaxed time. So every minute of your, of your day or and night is worth something. And by that, I don't mean calculate exactly how much each minute is worth, but it's an acknowledgement for yourself that this is what I am worth. And if you value what I have to give you, then there will be that exchange. I mean, you know, of course, some people might try and haggle or whatever, and then that's a very personal choice as to whether or not you want to do that. Um, you know, you take it case by case. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a lot about respect them respecting you and you respecting them and what they have to give. It's very difficult sometimes to look at this non-brutally when you're a healer. <laughs> you know, but you, you have to be realistic. We live in this, this physical world right now and that's the currency of it um, for yourself, your time and confidence, self-worth, self-esteem. It's all tied in together. Um, but if I can just jump back quickly to the dream that you were talking about. For me, a lot of it is <clears throat> about um, coming into your own as well. It, it, often with dreams, um, for you anyway, you'll find that you get a lot of, uh, a little clue about what's coming to you. Um, yeah. it, it's not exactly in the same form of what you dreamt. But it's your own mind waking you up to concepts and to introduce you gently to the concept of the change and the situations that are coming. So it's something that it can be daunting, yet embraceable, yet scary, yet comforting. <laughs> awesome. Nothing's ever easy, is it? <laughs> no. That's the way it goes. Well, thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much, guys. And, and when you when I, you go back later, go and listen to this show when you get the um, summary of it all uh, in a week or so, because we did talk a little bit about you when you went off air, Edgar. So you'll find that interesting. Okay, awesome. Looking forward to it. 
And I guess one last question. Am I supposed to learn and then go on and teach and be a master teacher or just a master healer? Or what's supposed to be my, my goal with this ability, this life? Be a healer first. Okay. Mm. And then inevitably one day you'll realize you're a master healer and you've already achieved that part. Don't set okay. the goal to be a master healer. Just set the goal right now to be the healer, to be the action, to be the person willing to exchange energy for the skill set that you have because you've been activated, you've been initiated, your soul's ready for this. You've got moving trucks worth of energy pulling up to your body waiting for you to activate the offloaders. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll get, we'll, I love it. We'll, I love it. <laughs> and Andrew, are you accepting or in need of volunteers for your events on September 3 and 4? Yes, we will be taking volunteers. You, what you can do is can also contact Tanach at Galactic Historian, just the same one for the readings, and you can also get all the information about for that too. Perfect. Um, one way or another, I will see you then. Very cool, and I look forward to to meeting you in person and uh, giving you a hug because, you know, you're, you're going to be one of those people that's going to be a mover and shaker in the healing world once you dedicate yourself and just let distractions fall aside. Yeah, I want to so bad. Sounds good, then. I love you guys. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Take it easy and have a great day. You as well. Bye-bye. Well, Kathy, once again, a, 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 another return of a unique caller. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll not be thwarted by technology. <laughs> exactly. We'll not be thwarted by technology. Good for you, Edgar. <laughs> oh, but such an interesting call, really. Yes. I mean, he, he's, he's brought up a lot of interesting stuff. And, you know, it's always a challenge when you talk about healing and uh, an energy exchange because being a healer it's it's difficult to make that step and to because you just want to heal the world and you want to do it you know for, for love and for free and and you sort of think you know i really wish i could go out for dinner exactly <laughs> but now i'll eat my rice at home <laughs> well laura uh, well kathy sorry we've got one caller left calvin are you there yes i am where are you calling from today Caribbean. The Caribbean. Welcome to the show. What kind of questions do you want to ask? Well, just my, first of all, my history. Who, who am I? Who do I come from? Okay. Have you been listening to the show for a while? Every, in each one of our episodes. Of course. <laughs> so what, I'm your what, fan. Uh, very good. So what, what about the material has, has excited you? Everything. Uh, you know, the... Um, I'm um like um some sort of person that I'm I'm my own teacher. I mean, I've been gathering information and doing practices all by my own. I haven't had the opportunity to meet a master like you, neither personally or online. So I have to had or I have I have I have to gather all the information and all to be who I am and be uh, let's say um, an anchor. That's basically how I consider myself. Now, there's a lot of stuff that I really want to know that is holding me back, things I want to do, things that that I don't really want to take a step if that's not really something that either identifies me or is really connected to me and my my soul, my soul and my and the other my other soul charts that you know, like I really want to do it, but I don't know what to do because I don't let, really. Let me help you here. 
So when it comes to galactic history, you you relate to one of the other callers where I talked about a, a, the the bear that was stalking him through time. Except in your expression, it's known as the Green Jaguar Clan of the Matsuchodo. Um, the Matsuchodo are the precursors to the Toltecs. Um, they are the ones that worked with the Sky People. They are the ones that brought the first teachings of how to quarry stone and how to move it. And that is your soul history throughout time. Always being in a medium skin suit. One that will help lower beings exchange with higher beings so information can be thought and learned. You are one of those people that has spent thousands of lifetimes as an initiate of the, of, the, of the panther clans to once again assist people finding knowingness. When one is stalking the void, um, this is something that is used in their terminology, they are not just looking for sentience, they're looking for pieces of information or history that have been lost because there's no conscious observer of it ever again. So you are one of those people this lifetime meant to seek information, to find information, to synthesize it so your soul brothers and sisters living in this lifetime can hear it in their native language with their native emotional expression beyond it. Mm. You, are many- meant, you are meant to be an Akashic Record reader, not just of this world, but dozens of other worlds. Worlds in which you've lived and stalked the void and understood it. Now, I'm using a very powerful term because I'm trying to activate a part of your soul into remembrance of who it was as an ancient shaman. Because I see the being that is you now, and I see the power that is you. But the power that is even more to you is just just outside of your reach. And this is why you are seeking for information, and you are looking for powerful teachers and masters. Because you know, ultimately, you're one of those two. Definitely, that's what I. That does. That's how I feel. I feel I know a lot. Actually, sometimes when I talk to people, that there's a lot of stuff that it just came to me, because I they 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 told me they didn't know what they were telling me, or they they were my master, but they didn't know. And so I they gave me a lot of teachings, a lot of different masters. I put them all together, and then neither one of them was able or is able to put things how I put them together. Because you that's, synthesized them. You took a, a process from everything and you made a whole new creation out of what you learned. Awesome. And, and how many parts of myself are now, right now in this lifetime? <clears throat> in this lifetime? It's just you. Only me? Okay, and that's so rare. And you must understand the rarity of that. It is because all of your other parts that are significant are still stalking the void. Okay, so you have thousands do- of shamanic parts of you holding space so you could be here. So you could put together an agenda so that all of the other soul families that were in unknowingness, that were abused, that didn't have the better knowledge, were gullible to whatever it was, that some form of light would stand up and that all of those other beings holding space in the void would shine their light to you so you could attract those that need out of their moment of desperation because they don't know what's going on around them and you don't want fear to be in them absolutely explain the void uh, how i so i can better understand it 
it is it is everything and nothing. So the process of stalking a void is what the the ancient shamans of the the jaguar clan would do. Um, they would take a very powerful concoction of hallucinogenic stuff, and they would go for ten to twenty days that way. And during that time, they would have other other shamans that were tending them, and they would go into a place of nothingness, absolute nothing. It's known as the Hanabku. It is it is the crack in the universe where you've gone to the very end of the universe and gone to the space in between all universes. And there you are looking for consciousness that has lost its I am presence or for information from celestial bodies that have choose to move beyond this realm but have been leaving a trail through void space of where they might have gone. Because the stalkers of the voids are looking for the celestial bodies that have lost their I am presence and all the ancestral connections they have. Because by manifesting them in void space, by observing them, you make them here, real, in the world now, and are able to download their soul codes into your individual DNA light body and once again emanate them as in existence instead of in non-existence. Thank you. Um... I would like to know uh, about my son and, and his mother. Okay. I want to bring Kathy in here real quick to talk about what's blocking you right now. Because there are some simple medical stuff that you need to take care of that will give a lot more ability for you to thrive in this thing and to be able to make money doing it. Thank you. Hi, Kelvin. Hi. Um. All right, why don't you ask me your question first so that I can see if I can get everything in. Okay, well, uh, I've been lately doing Qigong exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, to be honest, that that's unlocked a lot. Um, a lot of stuff that I knew it was going to come up someday and I was going to easily understand it, that it didn't come off even having having a lot of energy going through me that I, that I could tell that it was really light energy mm-hmm. so uh, it's amazing that uh, that uh, that this that I made this but um the negative energies that that are being attached uh, to me my house and in the surroundings and of course the problems that they cause and the health issues I would like to know how to work out how how to resolve or how to get rid of them and what has to be done what what is what is it that i'm not doing or what am i doing that that is that is not get, right, right. Uh, so what when you say uh, negative energy is attached to you in the house what is it can you give me an example negative being parasites mm-hmm. okay all right let me cut this up a little bit um when you are practicing your qigong and you think that you don't feel a lot of energy or didn't experience the changes um, that you were kind of expecting. Actually, I, was, I did. Oh, you did? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I misunderstood you. So you do practice the qigong, you you do feel the energy or you don't feel the energy? I did. Actually, are you able to see my energy? I can see your energy, but I'm asking you what you can feel and what you sense. No, actually, there's a lot of energy movement that was not before. Um, en- energy from the legs to the to the the whole part. It was like the energy was stuck. It was in order for in order for the en- the energy to move through the chakras uh, or the, or any part of my body I had to do it. 
uh, on purpose. Like it didn't it didn't move by itself. So you, like, you mean so what? Your expectation was when you have the energy come through you, it'd be like flowing like a water and it would come and flow through and like a breath, it would just go out. So it's a continuous motion, right? Is that what you mean? That's that's um, what you hope for. No, actually, no, actually hmm. what I'd say about this, that it was great and it was more than I expected. I don't think that was a problem, actually. I think it was a solution. I, I, I don't have a complaint about that. It's more about... Because uh, this is what happened. 2011, um, I'd say that, I don't know if I had to do with it, but things changed when I did. And I did it at a big scale. I'd say that I went together four, f uh, um, four and fifth dimensional together. So I had a lot of problems, uh, a lot of negative beans, negatively, uh, um, how can I say the um, different levels of the bad side. They mm -hmm. wanted either to use me uh, in their in their way because of the power I have. I know I know I have it. In and I didn't want to go with that, so they came all against me. So I didn't know about contracts. I didn't know anything about really spirituality like I do now. Thanks mm -hmm. to Andrew and many other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and they just made a mess of my aura. I mean, they, I will say, they, they actually, uh, in dream time, I was able to, uh, I was in a constant fight because they were accessing my aura. Um, I was with my ignorance, I guess, trying to get my consent to be a part of my, of my, be my body and block all the all the energy so i had a lot of negative beings and i've been ever since like taking out and fighting then after doing some declarations and 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 uh breaking the contracts and many other things um they've they've they haven't been able to get to me but i still feel a couple of them that they're attached to me that I'm not that I'm not able to remove. I even made um was doing um cleaning with uh, sage. Mm -hmm. Um, I could tell that some of them got out, but some of them still attached to me, the room and the house in some way. Mm -hmm. So, okay, maybe let's cut this up in a different way then. Uh, we've got limited time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna speak fast. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Okay, this is like one, one issue is the spiritual beings that are messing with you. Another issue is your own body, your internal health, and how to reconcile all that. Um, and another issue altogether is being grounded, grounded enough to deal with all of this stuff. So one of the things that you really need to look at for yourself is in terms of internal organs is um, medium lower body, so your liver, gallbladder, <clears throat> meridians associated with things like this. So think about a liver flush, um, things like this. So that's a whole big topic, so I'll just leave that little part with you. Um, in terms of being grounded, really you need to focus more on earthy things, um, on your day-to-day -day physical world. So, on your day-to-day, -day, oh, so on your everyday life, 
I would like you to try do even more than you are now to be grounded. Um, walk in bare feet. Um, the sage is a great idea, but you also need to bring yourself back into your body more because the more you are within your body, the less anything outside spiritual, whatever that's messing with you has an opportunity to affect you again. So look up things that are of grounding because when you have that, you will find that you are less affected by these type of issues. I'm really sorry we're running out of time, Kelvin. (laughs) But it was really great to be able to talk to you. Thank you so much for calling in and listening to the show. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a great time. We'll be back next Monday. 